inside before you know the closet has a door and you don't need to RSVP to join the closet party they are crisp i do enjoy it <clears throat> do love a crisp mic in the morning what are you drinking um some coffee with some almond milk and some of your sugar i think that's angel sugar I actually, I never bought sugar. I buy a lot of olive oil for this apartment. Mm. I don't know why. I buy some sugar. I buy some olive oil too. <laughs> some TP. You know. TP? Toilet paper. Oh. To- oh. Gotta take care of the butts. You know? I get mine at Trader Joe's. Your toilet paper? Yeah, because when it's convenient. I actually get everything at Trader Joe's. I get the toilet paper. I get my face wash, my moisturizer. I get my body wash. They have too much control over your body. You need to spread it out more. I'm I'm a monogamous uh grocery shopper well they have everything and everything's like natural and like good for you i don't know (laughs) i just had that kale from last night oh yeah we're recording i don't know if you noticed but i was just like let's talk yeah (laughs) um it's a good way to open up a conversation yeah where do you get your toilet paper how about you fam where do you get your toilet paper show us in the comments below is it natural is Is it it recycled you probably shouldn't use recycled toilet paper that's gross Mm -mm, not at all all right, let me start a beautiful live video. I'll put it on myself. So, uh, welcome to Closet Party, everybody. Uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I've talked about you almost every single episode, but... Oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, you're in the you're in the music thing. <laughs> you know, you do that for us. That's true. That is that is my music. Those are my hands clapping and, and whistling. Did I whistle in there? I don't think you whistled. Damn it. Did you whistle? I, I kind of chose like the commercial uh, music starter kit, which is a ukulele, hands clapping, mm-hmm. glockenspiel, glockenspiel, harmonies. <laughs> and you should have some uh, you should have some whistling in there to really just top it off. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. Yeah. Did you say your name? Uh, no. <laughs> you probably Thanks should. for pointing that out. <laughs> Do people know who you are? I'm, I'm Caitlin. I, I made the music for this podcast and i also live with christian you do so she had no choice but to make the theme song and interludes <laughs> yeah well you did it was basically held i did hostage. ask yeah i was yeah <laughs> well was yeah you like, do, pay do you rent. want a spot in this house caitlin <laughs> and then you gotta to work prove yourself no glass slippers for you if you don't do your shit okay so today we're doing a topic that caitlin wanted to do so I'm going to let you introduce it and like your idea about it because it's something that, you know, is burning in your soul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, th- it does. It does burn a little bit sometimes. It burns a little bit sometimes. Sometimes you got to apply some ointment um, for the burning sensation. Yeah. So it's a it's kind of a controversial topic. And because of that, I, I just want to clarify for listeners out there that um, I don't I'm not making any any lines in the sand here i don't (laughs) hold this topic to be a conviction but Mm -hmm. i believe that the word choice does have a place in the conversation about sexuality and Mm -hmm. so today i'd like to have that conversation with you i enjoy it we were talking about it before and like i was just kind of like trying to stop the conversation because i was like we've got to save it for the podcast yeah um so you, so you, so what you said, you do believe that there is an idea of like choosing your sexuality possibly. Yeah. And I also want to clarify that, um, maybe that it doesn't, that's not true for everybody. Mm-hmm. That is not true for everybody. Not yeah. everybody can, 
um, choose their orientation. And we are talking about uh, who it is you are interested in sleeping with or having yeah. romance with, um, which has to do directly with orientation. And I don't think everybody does does have that ability. Um, I, I think some of us do know from day one that there's one orientation for them. Yeah. Um, and I think this, it, it can be a privileged position if you feel you do have a choice um, in how you express your sexuality. I think that's a privilege mm-hmm. because there, for people who don't have the choice, um, that's not politically beneficial. Yeah. A lot of the time it, it can um, exp- it can make you the target of violence, X, Y, Z. I mean, we, we all know in the closet. <laughs> how yeah. It is. Um, so, yeah, I think. We are possibly not ready for this as a society yet, but I think we're working towards there. Mm-hmm. And in theory, I think choice can be a part of how your um, how your sexual lifestyle is expressed. Mm-hmm. And I want to emphasize the word lifestyle mm-hmm. um, because maybe the choice isn't in what am I capable of from the moment I was born born yeah um what is my sexuality capable of maybe maybe that is written in stone but i don't know i guess we're going to talk about it today yeah how much does what you choose to act upon um reveal to you what you were capable of yeah so to a point that you said so are you uh, to you know something that you said already a little bit earlier the idea of like it's a privilege to what did you say it was a privilege to express your it's sexuality? a privilege. It's a privilege to um, feel that you do have a choice in your sexuality. Yeah. That's a privileged position because not not only can you choose to um, live queerly, you can also, <laughs> if you do have the choice, um, and by choice I mean uh, you would not feel um, like you are experiencing less if you choose one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize how abstract this sounds, but it's a privilege. It's a privilege (laughs) to be able to say um, it does not negatively impact my life to live in a way that is more politically acceptable and uh, politically advantageous to me, which is Mm -hmm. living heterosexually. Yeah. Um, And I think this this probably relates more to people who are... um, bisexual yeah or maybe they lean more towards hetero um and they consider themselves queer yeah i feel like you're flying towards like an area where it's kind of like how your sexual orientation uh kind of it's kind of like that weird borderline between like where sexual orientation and gender like expression kind of come into play so like how like based on oh god See, now we're going to get really philosophical and explaining it's going to be weird. So the idea of like how the stereotype of like, oh, like, well, if you're a gay guy, you're going to be flamboyant and blah, blah, blah. And like, you're going to, you know, be a little bit more feminine. Mm -hmm. But then there's like gay people who, you know, are comfortable with being either like more masculine and more of like what's like a more heteronormative way to act in public. Mm. And, you know, some people don't have the choice to just butch it up because that's mm-hmm. not who they are and it makes them feel uncomfortable and, mm-hmm. and navigating certain spaces you know they want to just freely express them express themselves but you know it's hard because they fear in the sense of um you know being susceptible to some form of violence whether that's verbal or physically 
you know? And so I'm kind of getting this like idea of how your sexual orientation kind of collides a little bit with your gender expression. Mm -hmm. And from there, people can choose to kind of present themselves either cisgendered or not cisgendered. I see. You know what I mean? That's what I'm grasping from like what you're saying. It sounds like there's some overlap. Um, but, but we should be- also say that gender and sexual orientation are completely separate. Yes. But of course that, you know, gay culture kind of allows people to express their gender, mm-hmm. you know, because being free with your sexual orientation and your identity yeah. kind of gives you an invitation to kind of let you experiment with your gender and your expression as well. Right. So like they can interlude and that's fine, but it's important to know, and this is a very cliche thing to say, but what it, who you are is what's in between your head and who you go to like oh wait what's the saying like who you go to bed as is like what's in between your head and who you go to bed with has to i i fucked it up <laughs> but you get what i mean I feel like you're having a george bush moment oh, oh fool God. me once and uh <laughs> no. you know you're, you're just uh, not gonna fool me again you know but no the idea of like how gender uh, gender identity is who you go to bed as and sexual orientation is who you go to bed with Ooh, that's I what like i that. that's I like what that i meant to say um, well, yes, yeah, and, and to be honest, I I don't know um, that I really have the insight in my own <laughs> life experience to yeah. talk about choosing your own gender identity. Um, but sexuality, to to talk about that yeah. more, um, I I think an important thing in the idea of choosing your sexuality, um, an important word is feeling free. Mm-hmm. You use that a few times, and I think that is that is um I think that has a lot to do with choice. We choose things when we feel free yeah. to choose them, and when we have expressed our truth, yeah, it is freeing, yeah, and so when you do have a choice in in your orientation, yeah because of what your sexual capabilities are um it's because you feel free living a lifestyle that aligns with maybe heterosexuality Mm -hmm. and you also feel free living a lifestyle that aligns with queer sexuality and that's what i related to Mm -hmm. that's what i related to um and i think maybe choice has it has a lot I would I would love for people to feel like they could choose because for people who are a little bit more mysterious on the spectrum of yeah. sexuality more so like sexually fluid or they exactly yeah that's Ex- where I'm kind of getting as well well yes there's a fluidity to it um and for people who are like me mm-hmm. um who can live freely as a heterosexual person and um as you're when you're brought up, you are conditioned to believe that that is um, the politically acceptable way, and you aren't really given many examples of queerness um, that are successful when you're growing up, or at least that's the way it was in the '90s. <laughs> you are conditioned be- to believe that that is the way, yeah. and so it's hard to encounter when you are when you can fit freely within that mode of sexuality it's hard to encounter a moment where you consider, could I also live as a queer person? Because it's not presented to you as a possibility and you are satisfied with your lifestyle. That's where I found myself. 
And it wasn't until I was pursued by somebody else, um, a woman, Mm -hmm. when I was confronted with the choice. And I wasn't really able to consider it until I experienced it. Yeah. And that's where I think choice is really important because you don't really know because of stereotypes. You don't really know what it's going to be like to be romantic in mm-hmm. a queer relationship until, until you've, you've experienced, experienced it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least that's how it was for me. And so I think I did really choose that lifestyle. Mhm. I get what you yeah, I get what you're saying and I think that's why people get so mad about labels so much because I'm thinking about because you reminded me, do you know who Gigi Gorgeous is? I don't. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. she's a really famous YouTuber and uh I'm going to talk in uh pre I'm going to talk in the, into the journey of how she started to identify. Oops, I hope that made sense. So before I'm going to talk like pre-transition of, mm-hmm. so like just to kind of give a past and present and future type of thing. So when Gigi Gorgeous was, you know, still identifying as a male and was still living life that way, I should say, um, she at first came out as gay. So to the world, she was seen as just like a gay boy who was very flam- flamboyant and very expressive and very feminine and then came out as transgender mm-hmm. and then basically lived the majority of her YouTube life in a sense mm-hmm. as being a trans woman who was interested in men. Mm-hmm. And then recently she made a video about how now she's a lesbian mm-hmm. and that she's interested in women because like you said, mm-hmm. she was confronted with another woman who she fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And so in that video, if people want to go watch it, she kind of explains like how like in the sense like sexuality is fluid, but didn't really say it that like eloquently. But, you know, she kind of brought it right. up. But right. the idea of like how we were talking about this before, I can't remember if we just brought it up while recording. Mm-hmm. But the idea of like, I don't think when I watched that video, I was like, but I don't think people are ready to. Not that people aren't ready. It's just like I feel like her story and people like like with like stories like yours and like mm-hmm. Gigi's the idea of like how all of a sudden now they're lesbian or now they're this or mm-hmm. now they're that the idea of like having to put a label on it and then explaining like why did you choose this the idea mm-hmm. of like how like choosing is it some, can be damning it could be damning but like in the queer world it's kind of like no we know that well not everyone in the queer mm-hmm. world knows this but like newsflash like your sexual orientation can be fluid and like mm-hmm. you like just because I'm I'm gay right now who's to say that I wouldn't like women later because like I've had like mm-hmm. bi-curious like uh ideas whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them <laughs> you know and yeah and it's not like I haven't seen like straight porn like I've watched it but then I've always catch myself looking at the guy more which just explains mm-hmm. who I am as a human being but <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. like but like what now all of a sudden like if let's say I find a girl that mm-hmm you know I fall in love with that all of a sudden makes me like straight or like bisexual or pansexual like what you know what I mean people people need to just like grab a label on it and just be like oh well now you're this like so you were never gay this entire time or like whatever and it's like no it's not that I wasn't gay this entire time it's just now that like I've evolved because that's what it that's what sexual orientation is because that's what I've experienced not only with just like my sexual orientation but like my gender I think sexual orientation serves a um, adaptive purpose yeah. and uh, giving it a label serves a adaptive purpose, which mm-hmm. is to, you know, not to blanket statement it, but one of the reasons is you are communicating to your potential 
uh, partners, this mm-hmm. is what I am. Yeah. And you're communicating to people who will not be your potential partners, this is not what I am. Yeah. And so there is there is a certain rigidity to that. There are yeah. bounds to that. There's a purpose. And you can live within bounds, but you can also there's a fluidness of being able to travel from bound to bound mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to live within these bounds for this period of time because this is what resonates most with me. Right and now, that, yeah. th- again, that is a privileged position. Yeah. That's a privileged position. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, right. And I, th- you know, my dream, um, yeah, your dream. <laughs> my dream is for, um, for, you know, little kids, um, when they when they are confronted with these archetypes of what um, what romance is through mm-hmm. media or just through um, talking to their elders, um, I I wish choice was more of an option to them. I think of all the people yeah. who were more like me um, when they were young, and to them heterosexuality heterosexuality did seem like a viable option because they leaned more towards it um i wish they had encountered the concept of choice because Mm -hmm. because think of all the people who would choose to experiment and therefore discover about themselves what they are capable of if they were told that choosing is okay but choosing has become so political because if you choose, then you can choose not to. And that is, you know, in yeah. some people's eyes, yeah. it, uh, um, it aligns with, you know, religion and yeah. politics. Yeah, no, and I get that because I, I feel like I would even just say discovering, not even just saying choosing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I, because I've kind of grown into ever since I've like started college, I've like kind of just been like finding different parts of myself and I've realized that I consist of more than just one sexual orientation mm. and I know I do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just started identifying as queer because mm-hmm. I just don't, well, like I, when people first meet me, I'm like, yeah, I'm gay. Cause that's like the, like, you know, that's like the, mm-hmm. cause I'm interested in men. Like that is like just mm-hmm. like that is me, but mm-hmm. there's other sexual orientations that kind of like influence that as mm-hmm. well, um, and I, and in my eyes, like I'm not choosing to be those things, I've just discovered those parts about me, right? You know, and I like the way I like the word discovered that you used because it's like I'm not, because I wouldn't even say it's like not even like choosing, because mm-hmm. you, I would say people are choosing to live freely yes people are choosing to live freely with their identity that is the choosing part where people say i didn't i wasn't born this way i was i chose to be out and proud sure but but being being proud of what you are means knowing means discovering what mm-hmm. you actually are and discovery has to do with choosing um choosing to do certain things that yeah. bring that bring you more information about yourself mm-hmm. and and maybe maybe discovery is having the privilege to discover having the ability to choose what you will discover oh yeah i think choice does have a a place in the conversation about sexuality and possibly we're not ready yet as a society for it because it's people have been damned mm-hmm. um for their choices yeah 
um, choice. Well, yeah, people can still choose. Like, well, I'm also like, I also do all kind of believe that like, you can choose to be this one day and this the other because that's kind of how we talk about gender too. Mm-hmm. Is that like some days I feel like a woman and some days I feel like a man. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's like uh, gender fluid, right? Like sometimes I feel more like this uh, gender and some days I'm this gender and they're choosing to be that gender to, for like and express themselves in that way. So it's like, why is it damning to talk about it in sexual orientation than it is in gender? The idea of like, oh, I can be all of these genders one day and not most of these and like it like mm-hmm. fluctuates mm-hmm. and I feel like I don't know maybe that's something to also talk about do you think it's do you think that maybe maybe in the queer community it's more hmm, this is a really weird question but I'm gonna ask it anyway do you think it's more acceptable to be more fluid with your gender than it is your sexual orientation hmm. I don't know why I just thought about that but that's kind of what flew to my head maybe maybe my personal mm-hmm. my personal experience with um fluidity of orientation um moments have been have been oppressive i mm-hmm. think for example my ex-girlfriend who i was with for 2 years oh, insisted <laughs> insisted i was straight she insisted i was straight and uh yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. so and because of that because at one point i did live a heterosexual lifestyle and um yeah and at another point i i chose to discover mm-hmm. a different part of myself um it, it wasn't it wasn't accepted it wasn't easy to to uh live freely in that fluidity yeah and that's even the same kind of idea of like people who are uh people who are bisexual the idea of like oh now that you're in this type of couple you like if like let's just use me as an example like if i'm in a like if i'm bisexual and i'm dating a man that i'm gay or if i'm dating a woman i'm straight and like people in those relationships try to invalidate you as well like but you're with me so like that doesn't make you this or like oh you're this or you're that or blah blah you know mm-hmm. they like try to even force a label on you and it's just like well why do you care because i'm with you so like what does it matter what i am yeah type of thing that's what i'm grabbing from you at least so it's like it's just such a bitch how like even people who like are on your side and people who want to be on your side kind of also, you know, try to fuck with you as well. Like, cause I even believe that in the community in the queer community, like you have to be an ally as well. You can't just yeah. be in the community. You also have to be an ally towards others. Like, like in any, every community, like, yeah, you're like in the Latino community, but that, that doesn't mean that you're, that you not just because you're Latino that you can't be allies or like you are, what's the word like you like you don't have to be an ally because you're already a part of it Mm -hmm. to your own community because people betray their own communities all the time you know you can there's probably so many examples i could probably think Mm -hmm. of like how queer people have said shitty things about the queer community oh yeah i mean like 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 cisgendered women who um you know the natural that natural female feminism like that's Mm -hmm. that's absolutely oppressive yeah not not validating like female identifying yeah people Mm -hmm. and even like uh i remember this article i forget his fucking name but he was such an asshole (laughs) he said that he was it was like he was fight he was like one of those cisgendered white gay men who was saying like um 
like he was basically fighting against uh why t the letter t should not be an lgbtq like why it shouldn't be there because his argument is like well it's not a sexual orientation so it shouldn't be there it should just be lgb mm-hmm. and then he was saying like what do i have in common with someone who wants to chop off their dick i paraphrased that but that's basically what he said he was he, he was just kind of like what do i have in common with someone who wants to get rid of their penis and now have a vagina which is a very blunt way of putting a point which he has a point but at the same time not only is just that like super transphobic and making it all about their body but the idea of like how your uh like how you're without your gender you can't define sexual orientation like totally like gets rid of that idea i'm kind of going off topic right now i'm sorry cool (laughs) go for it no no i'm just like i think it's interesting because i feel like it always flies back to like talking about both because at the end of the day like they're both within the community about expressing yourself and you as a human being and you know what i think there are similarities um between navigating um the difference between gender and sexuality and also navigating um what we were talking about earlier uh the place of choice in a conversation about sexuality which is Mm -hmm. that there is there is historical trauma within our community about um distinguishing these boundaries and because of that um the boundaries are important to people um it's important to distinguish between gender issues and sexuality issues Mm -hmm. because there there have been traumatic circumstances where they haven't been distinguished because of that um wrong assumptions have been made about both sides but Mm -hmm. at the same time uh, I think there are situations where, you know, we there is overlap that is hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. Just like there's overlap that's hard to talk about in choice. Hmm. This is so deep. Yeah. What do you mean by overlap of choice? So over so yeah. over overlap between um between choosing choosing being um, the word choice being a bad word because mm-hmm. choice implies that you can choose to be straight a, as well. Uh, yeah, pol- uh, straight, which is politically advantageous, um, which is um, that's that is uh, not advantageous for the queer community. Mm-hmm. That and it it doesn't reflect the truth that we've experienced. Yeah, um, and not everybody can choose, but yeah. but getting to um, I think we've become really confident with the idea that we that no one can choose their sexuality, that there's yeah. no place for choice. And that's just because we've really adopted the whole idea of like I'm born this way, and which has also really, like really helped like other people kind of has. understand the community. But that also can kind of be really damaging when everything is about like born this way, born this way, born this way, born this way, born right. this way, and it only be- becomes this biological thing. Right. And I guess the similarities that I was pointing out. Um, between being, um, being, but making certain words off, uh, off limits, making certain words off limits, like choice or making certain Mm -hmm. topics off limits, like the intersection between gender and sexuality, um, is when something was once progressive, like creating those boundaries. Yeah. Um, what, um, it can, it can at a certain point when it is your, 
namesake for progression um Mm -hmm. it can it can become no longer progressive if we get stuck there well yeah because then people become offended Mm. See, we were talking about we were talking about being offended before yeah. <laughs> before we started recording. But then, yeah, people get offended, and then once people get offended, then it becomes this whole fucking berated, crazy, like atmosphere where now that people are offended by something, it becomes like this like topic suppressed. Yeah, it becomes it completely become suppressed. suppressed and completely shut down because people get their feelings hurt. Um, and not not to say that it's invalid to have your feelings hurt. Yeah, no, it's not. It's there. There is trauma. There's trauma in our community. There's trauma. And what I was saying before that we were recording, the idea of like, what was the intent of someone saying something that made you feel offended? Was it the intent of you being hurt? Or was it the intent of bringing in a new perspective? Or someone has an opinion that you may not agree with? You know, were they specifically trying to go after you? Or were they just trying to elevate the conversation to go somewhere else? You know, right. we're going to talk about safe spaces in a different <laughs> in a different podcast because that's super important. And this kind of like infiltrates that idea. Um, but the idea of like where at what point are we going to be censoring the conversation about sexual orientation to right. the point where it becomes like a thing where we just forget about it and just becomes a part of our everyday lives. And the idea of how, you know, gay people and lesbians and people who are queer and, you know, insert all sexual orientations in this sentence, you know to what point will their experiences become not erased, but just not seen anymore because now they're seen as like, Oh, we've progressed so much. And now like we don't have to worry about you guys. Cause you guys are no longer an oppressed group because you know, you guys are on TV and you can get married and you can adopt kids and all this stuff. But there's so many microaggressions and so many other things that we haven't confronted yet when dealing with people's sexual orientations and how it affects them on a political and economic and social stage to the like where do where are we going to end up stopping where we no longer are considered something that's like in you know the heteropatriarchy's eyes as like demoness or taboo you know what i mean mm. that was a lot of like jibber jabber yeah, but you know what i, I just, mean i'm taking all those words <laughs> and i accept them yeah no it's just like it's something i always think about and i was tell i was telling caitlin before i was like i want to get a tattoo in my inner lip that says political faggot because which i approve wholly of thank you because i think that the idea of that word um and let me just also validate that i I did not say faggot to offend anyone but as an idea that i'm adopting and not wanting to put on push on anyone else um the idea of how people are beginning to forget about how people were so demonized because of their sexual orientation whether they decided to choose it or not or they were born this way the idea of how even still to this day, it may not be happening in America. We want it is, but in all across the world, how how queer people are being demonized and attacked, being thrown in cages, and all this stuff. You know, whatever kind of violence you want to yeah. put in there, but how we're kind of forgetting that we that this community still faces a yeah. lot of shit. Yeah, and, and the idea of like being a political faggot is in the sense like don't forget who I am. So, like, bringing it to the political stage and showing, like, at one point in time, I was seen as this. And still to this day, we are still demonized. And And it may not be the same. Literally right now, there are um, queer people in concentration Concentration camps camps in Russia. Allegedly. Yeah, so. Supposedly, it's, like, not... It's not like conf- I heard it's like not confirmed per se. I really hope. But there's it's intense not. allegations against it and there is like 
it's still it's it's all, it's still an ongoing thing. I was actually trying to follow it, and a lot of it was very vague from what I've seen. It's mm. like people have like accused, and like it's a possibility. Like it, it's like mm. it's not like this is happening. This is this. That that you know all mm. that stuff. But but no, exactly. Like gay people are being put into concentration camps. If it's like you know, if we want to validate that and that be an actual thing, you know, it's not like just because now we can get married doesn't mean that all of a sudden all of our worries are gone. Yeah, I mean, there's there is um, not a sexual egalitarian egalitarianism yet. Yeah, we have not reached there, and within our own communities, um, we we lack that egalitarianism and i guess that's that's why we came here today to talk about Mm -hmm. this contentious word choice (laughs) yeah yeah god damn it and i like that word too yeah well i mean (laughs) you know sometimes it feels a little bit like an insult when um, why do you like that word well i was yeah so I'll get there in just a second, <laughs> but it feels sometimes like a bit of an insult from, yeah. the, you know, the right side the, or the political right mm-hmm. um, when they when they justify um, or they put up with queerness because, oh, they can't choose. It's almost as if like it's um like a handicap. Yeah. Like it's it's pathologizing it. Like like yeah. oh they were just they were um they were deformed their sexuality was deformed yeah it's saying like there's something lacking yeah but then if we but then if we start saying like we were saying earlier the idea of like oh now if we start having this narrative like oh we choose our sexual orientation then they would just say that that would just enforce their argument of the idea of like you know we are choosing to be demonists that we are choosing to like yeah. well my thing this, is like evil thing my you know, thing is, that is my thing is absolutely not everybody can choose no I cannot say that everybody can. I can't say that you can. I can say in my experience, I I choose. I chose to a certain extent my lifestyle and that affected what I identified as. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, but, where was I going with this? Uh, choice. Your idea of how you like choice? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Let me come back to that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. No, that's totally okay. So you you have to make so many. Um, I feel like I have to preface my points a lot when I'm having this conversation mm-hmm. because it it is really wrapped up with trauma. Um, yeah, and I, I guess no, that's I just that. good to acknowledge. Yeah, you know, you you reminded me of someone. I don't know if I should talk about it, but I I'm going to. But you reminded me of someone I was dating. And, um, I was the only person that knew that they were gay Mm. and he kind of didn't want to come out and how he chose in a sense to not be queer. Mm -hmm. And then when he ended things with me, I found out, I think like recently, cause like, yeah, God, he was so amazing. Like amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh God, he was great. And I kind of just wanted to, like, stalk his Facebook a little bit because I was curious. Mm-hmm. And now he has another girlfriend. Mm. And before me and him, like, had a little thing, like, he just broke up with a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But he told me, he was like, no, like, I'm gay. And he yeah. didn't want to do anything any further than just, you know, what we were, which was, like, not really anything. 
he was just like, it just didn't seem like he was ready. He said to me, he was like, I don't, I'm not ever going to come out. He wow. he basically like chose to be straight. It, well, in I a see. sense. So you, so we're talking about lifestyle as opposed to identity now. Maybe, but. Mm. I mean, he told you I am. He, gay. yeah. He's so like, he I'm gay. owned that identity in that moment. Oh yeah. But then he's, but then he chose to just continue on in this heterosexual lifestyle mm. that he was just really good at doing. Did he say he was happy? that way i don't know he he never used the word i'm happy this way yeah he never in it from what i can remember i cannot remember ever saying oh i want this i'm happy this way this is what i need to do you know well actually no i would say that this is what he needed to do in this sense like he just i don't think he was ready to handle all the things that comes with coming out so like all the yeah. little microaggressions that your family says to you or, you know, what right. happens in public or the idea of like having to come out and like work yeah. and in church and in this and in that. And, you know, I don't think he wants to take mm. that on. And I think that since and I maybe it's like a trauma thing, you mm. know, maybe it's like he's just so afraid of like what it means to just be a gay guy. Right. I think he's too afraid to handle it all. Yeah. That kind, I think that's maybe a different, that's a different choice. It's a different and choice. It's just, it sounds like he, he does know himself. He knows, he knows what um, resonates most true for him in but terms of his cho- sexuality. But, but, but this goes to your point of saying like, he's, he is super privileged. That he can that he align can, with that lifestyle. He is super, he is a very good looking, very masculine. You would never even know in a million years type of guy based off of stereotypes that he was gay. You know, he has the privilege to not have to deal with all of the oppressions that people who are out and proud and don't want to slash or just can't even hide the fact that who, who they are and they are willing to be free, even though with all the baggage that that comes with, he has the privilege to just completely avoid that and just have like little things under the rugs like I would, like I was, I was one of the little things under the rug for him, and he just moved on and just continued to his like perfect little heterosexual lifestyle with all of his like heterosexual family members and. I mean, yeah, know. and I, it, it's possible that he, um, his lifestyle, does not in any way reflect his sexual identity. Yeah, and it's also possible that maybe he just didn't have the vocabulary to maybe. express the fluidity of yeah. his sexuality and that, that too. and that, that his fluid possibly his fluid sexuality allowed for him to live in a way that was more politically advantageous yeah, for him. right isn't that fucking weird but but <laughs> you see this is a situation where so choice if choice was allowed yeah. then maybe he would feel freer to Choose, act more upon yeah, it act or, more upon it or and, maybe well, he did act upon it hello he acted upon me hey go like you know what i mean like he yeah but who knows <laughs> but who knows how much um how much he felt able to do that. Yeah, that's the thing. God, this is so interesting. You know what I mean? God, I'm also just bitter because he was so cute. <laughs> I'm just a little bitter about it. But yeah, God, I just... Mm. God damn it. Well, we have a minute before we take a break to go into our last segment of the show. So do you have any like burning... Do you remember what you were what you wanted to say? Or like any like little things that have been said that you want to like clarify or little like last minute thoughts about anything well about the gays well i mean i just 
I just think that sexuality is a conversation mm-hmm. um, with yourself yeah. and with other people. And because of that, I think I think we shouldn't put certain words off limits. And yeah. that's really what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Um, a word that has that we've taken away from ourselves and other people have taken yeah. from us as well. Um, because it has been leveled against us as, Mm -hmm. um, as a weapon. Yeah. I'm actually not thinking about it. I'm really glad that we talked about this because I feel like a lot of the conversations that I navigate now when talking about the queer community has to do a lot with gender, which isn't a bad thing because gender identity and like the trans movement and the gender nonconforming movement is what's, you know, the, the forefront of this move of like the queer movement right now. And it just feels really nice to actually like uncover and talk about sexual orientation again a little bit because I feel like, like I said before, it's a conversation that I feel like is kind of not happening anymore, Mm -hmm. but it's still a thing that is going on. So Mm -hmm. like back to the political faggot thing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's still happening and there's still things and ways that people are demonized because of who they love, you know, that's still a thing. Um, But of course, like, I don't want to like be like, we shouldn't talk about gender because this is important too. Like, no, like they're on their movement and they should be in the forefront and they need to be. Yeah. But I think it's nice to just like, you know, bring back, bring back up of how these things are still intersectional with each other and how like our identity is not just about our sexual orientation. It's not just about our gender, but it's about a, a mix of both because they both inevitably end up, you know, ex- dealing with our gender expression and, uh, and our romantic identities, which is another totally different conversation. Absolutely. Um, that should be another podcast. We could talk about romantic identities, but, but yeah, no. I'm glad we talked about it. Good talk. <laughs> Good talk. And now we're going to take a break. Um, that was like the most expressive like most expressive uh, voice I had this entire conversation. Be like, yeah. Okay. So we'll be right back. Bye. Hey and we're guys. back. <laughs> hey, and guys. we're back. You should do the ASMR thing now. Hello. Welcome to. This is on my sweater. Go check out my band. Your, yeah, go check out her band. Nosy Mink. Nosy Mink. Spelled N-O-S-Y-M-A-N-G-A-B-E. Wow. Topbandcamp.com. Topbandcamp.com. <laughs> okay, back to our regular voices. Okay, so... um, Actually, funny thing about ASMR, when I went to Norway, um, we were in an airport, and I was walking, because my friend wanted to go play a piano that was in the airport, and so we were walking over to go, and then all of a sudden, as we're walking, we hear this very loud whispering, we all got really fucking freaked out because we were like, what? What the fuck was that? Like, it felt very like... Like a hallucination? Like you were all having a group hallucination? Yes. Dope. Yeah. Dope. I don't know if it was like something in Norway, like in the air. I was like, oh my God. It's like, have you ever seen The Happening where like the wind starts to kill people? It's a weird scary oh, movie. Oh, no, 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 Yeah, it's fucking that. weird. And so, <laughs> and there w- so we realized that in Nor- some Norwegian airports, they have ASMR towers where you can stand under them and it just starts whispering to you. And I went to un- help you relax. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that fucking weird? Fucking Nordic countries. Fucking they, Nordic they countries. They get it. Bernie was right. Right. He was right. No. Oh. And so when I, I when I went under to kind of like feel it, it kind of it sounded like I was in I was filming for Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, and all of a sudden I hear the the like snake tongues. <laughs> Literally, that's what it sound. It was fucking creepy. That's it was awesome. it was so weird. Yeah, just speaking about ASMR, but it was so odd. Um, so now we're gonna do must-haves. Must-haves. 
it's Caitlin's first time to do a must have. So. Um, I'll go first because, you know, to inspire you. All but right, my please. must, this is, you should probably get a laugh when I say this. My number one must have right now is the new water bottle that I purchased Ooh. because I love it so much. If tell anyone, me about this water bottle. Oh, I'll tell you about this big, big water bottle. <laughs> um, so it's a beautiful 25 ounce uh, matte red water bottle. Ooh, say it again. Ooh, it is a 25 ounce <laughs> matte red water bottle and it is the greatest thing ever. I got it at this beautiful place by my school called Lotless. And it was $10. And it's a really special water bottle because I've wanted one like this. It's one that doesn't condensate. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't like sweat mm-hmm. as like it gets hotter. Yeah. Um, because I've always had that trouble of like, oh, like I want to put my water bottle in my backpack, but it's going to get all of my books wet or like mm-hmm. my, or my wires yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so this is, it's like I they sell I like these. that struggle. You know, I'm an artist. What? So, so, you know, we thrive on struggle. It's like, a, it's inherently masochistic, I but think. What if you're so like I like it when a little bit of condensation gets on my book. It's <laughs> 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 the weirdest thing. But you know what I mean? The, quote me. It quote, quote me when you post that. Uh, no, I get, I guess I kind of get that a little <laughs> bit. But it also, but the reason why it's like, I don't know. I just don't want my books to get wet, but I understand that that beautifulness of like I'm an artist and I need. The, oh, I'm totally joking. I need I don't my paper. Fuck. Oh no, I know. <laughs> but actually, I thought you were being serious for a second. Nope. <laughs> uh, but no, it's kind of a. It's like a double steeled uh, water bottle, mm-hmm. so it stops the condensation from happening. Oof. And these usually go for like like at Target like 30 35 dollars but you can go to lot less and, and get, get it, it for, for fucking 10 or 5 for how for much is that 10 dollars 10 dollars you can have your very own raw steel raw water steel bottle yes oh it's a raw less. steel yeah it's a raw steel water bottle and they have a smaller one for 5 dollars and oh the design is so cute ugh my god it was like the best investment of my life and it matches my shoes i'll never drink booze at work in the same way again oh my and oh i mean Shut up. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But then, but speaking of booze and work, um, the water bottle keeps a drink cold for 24 hours. And I tested that theory and it works. And Ross Steele needs to like pay you. Right. Oh my God. I would s- advocation. Fuck yeah. They, they don't sponsor this podcast, but they should. Um, but also keeps a hot hashtag closet party. Hashtag closet party. Um, but it also keeps a hot drink hot for 15. Mm. So I can use that for like tea. That'd be a good pickup line. Like, were you stored in a raw steel water bottle? Because you've been Did hot you? for at least 15 hours. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. So, yeah, that's my first must have. Now it's your turn. My must have um, at the moment is my copy of The Handmaid's Tale. The hand, Handmaid's Tale? The Handmaid's Tale. It's, it's a, a book? book. It's a book by Margaret Atwood. And actually, funny enough, mm. um, it's about a dystopian society, much like ours. And funny <laughs> enough, it it has like... It's like the one we're currently living in. It has like a six-month waiting list um, to check it out at like every library in the country. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the way that 1984 has gone um, by George Orwell, um, you... It's out of stock on Amazon because so many people bought it after Trump um, was elected. Because Why? Because the world is ending. Because we live in a great. dystopian society. <laughs> um, yeah, and hand, so Handmaid's Tale, it's really great. Margaret Atwood is a, um, 
immense mm. and fabulous writer That's um cool. also wrote uh the mad adam trilogy which is also a fantastic dystopian uh, mm-hmm. series of novels uh highly suggest you read as much dystopian literature as possible right now because uh it's literally our world um oh my God. And, and so many people <laughs> are reading it actually yesterday when i got out of work which is um, right next to Central Park. Mm-hmm. I found myself a nice rock to sit on uh, to read this book, and a nice I big was thick rock. It was a big, it was a big rock. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that big, um, and um, I was not the only person sitting on the rock reading oh, the hand. Penny. I wasn't the only person sitting on the rock reading The Handmaid's Tale. That's how popular it is right now. There was another person on the same yes, rock. Yes, and this is not a new book. It's how when was it made? I think like early 2000s, maybe oh, shit. came out in. And I guess everyone just knew about it. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. That's well, fine, but still, yeah, like, like no, everyone just knew about this book. Yeah, it's a very it's it's a popular book. Hmm. Well, but especially popular now that our world reflects it a lot more. Wow. Yeah. That's really crazy, but really cool. Yeah, you should read it. Hmm. Maybe I will. Um, I'll do one more. Uh. I would say it's not necessarily a must have, but like just a thing I'm doing that I'm really excited about. Um, I guess you could say I must have like my writing because I've been writing a lot more. Um, if you follow me on my social media, it's uh, Christian without an H and then Luca underscore. Um, I'm doing it's National Poetry Month, the month of April, mm. and I write a lot of poetry. And so I'm taking on the 30 day challenge to write like a poem every day. And so I've been doing it. Wow. That's and, inspiring. And it honestly, it has made me realize how much I love writing and how much more I want to pursue it. Mm. And it's really helped me a lot. And so I like when honestly yesterday I was, I remember I posted and then I was sitting in the library and I was like, oh, I kind of want to post another poem. But I was like, damn it, I can't. Like, it's, I have to wait till tomorrow and I can't wait to post one today. And like, it's just like, it's gotten me very excited to share your poetry yeah it's had it's gotten awesome yeah and people seem to really like it when i post it so i'm like oh this is something i'm like i'm actually good at good for you i like like squirrel my poetry away like it's a bunch of nuts i'm saving for winter (laughs) which winter (laughs) no idea the nuclear winter approaching (laughs) and i'll unearth all my sad poetry oh my god but no i just I just like I love it now and I just like want to like post a poem every day and I'm also building like a completely new website so like I will obviously like it's gonna the whole like campaign and my my uh what's it called my uh my brand as an artist is gonna be completely different by the end of this Sick. month. Sick. What's so your gonna, brand? Um it, right now it's a co- it's a <laughs> it's like a color scheme. Cool. So like red and white. The bitch trying to be Target. And my target is to be the ruler of the world. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'd be down with a queer ruler. I'd be a great president. You know, I think about that every day. I always think about how I'd be a great rich person. <laughs> like, I'm not rich. And I'm like, uh, oh, all these people who are rich, they don't know what they're doing. Like, like you should be buying, like, a fucking blimp. You shouldn't be getting a, a Maserati. Bl- a, a blimp? Yeah, you need, like, if What's you can... a blimp? T- Christian, you don't know what a blimp is? Like the things in the sky? Yeah. Oh, why do I feel like I did? Why do I, in my mind? Or you should be ending world hunger. I would probably end world hunger instead of getting a blimp. Yeah, well. That's a weird word. Blimp. Because I thought you were like, I didn't think that was the word for it. That's what came to mind. Mm-hmm. But I was like, blimp. I was like, what the fuck is a blimp? 
and uh, that's closet party. Guys. And that's closet party. It was really <laughs> nice uh, talking to everybody. So yeah, blimp. Glad it we up. got to all the important topics here. Uh huh. What is a blimp? What is a blimp? What re- I mean, it what are the semantics like a, of the word blimp? It sounds. One of it sounds like it sounds like a slang word for pimple. Blimple. <laughs> God Yo, damn that's it. a big blimp on your that's face. That's a big blimp on your face. You need to put bitch. that away. You need to put some witch hazel on I'll that. Put some witch hazel. <laughs> that just sounds weird, a blimp. It sounds like a mistake. You know, I think it's just because the word has been so politicized over the years that yeah, we just, we just tiptoe around it. Nobody really is calling a spade a spade here. It's a blimp. It's a fucking blimp. It's a blimp. I don't give a fuck if I'm offending people. It's a blimp. Yeah. God, you blimpers. On that note, do you have another one? Do you have another? Must have. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Besides, you know, blimps. Vegan yogurt. I've been eating a lot of it lately. <laughs> It's a, great, wanna, it's a great. It's a great. I kind of want to insert like a. When as soon as you said it that way, I kind of want to insert like a like a people cheering, like. <sighs> I'll probably do it right now. Oh, thank you so much, guys! Really, really, it's, it's, no, <laughs> it's, it's just me. Yeah, it's just you and your me. Vegan, so, what exactly is in vegan yogurt? Vegan yogurt. They make it out of like like almonds or soy or like pea protein or coconut. Pea protein. Pea protein. Yeah. I honestly I don't know very much oh, about it. Oh, oh, like the like P-E-A. the vegetable. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the legume. Legume. What are these words Dude. that you're using? First blimp and now <laughs> legume. What is a legume? It's a, like a bean or a pea. <laughs> okay, I'm. This so, is too much vocabulary for me right now. So yeah, vegan yogurt. Um, it's a nice. <laughs> it's a nice after work snack. I find it very refreshing. I okay. go myself for either the peach flavor. Or the Ooh, uh, key lime flavor. They do. They Ooh, do have mango. I love mango. I had a really good mango yogurt really the other day. Voice, I'm sorry. But, but yeah, I believe, I think like vegan dairy products are, they just taste better. Like, or mock dairy products. Mock just, dairy, yeah. Just taste better. Then because I think I've ever had like a oh actually no I've had vegan ice cream I had like matcha flavored ice cream at that oh, at that a place so that I suggested in another must have which was um uh, Van Leeuwen ice cream shop dope yeah so yeah but, vegan vegan ice cream and yogurt is where it's at it's fucking great. I just realized how lame I sound no it's fine we talked no literally uh, I think it was like two episodes ago or it was the last episode we talked all of our must haves were like about food. Yeah, it was amazing. Must I mean, you must session. you must have food. It's so fucking amazing. It's, it's very necessary for I life. I need to I've go heard. grocery shopping. Do it, girl. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I probably should. I'm gonna go to like Union Square and just go to Trader Joe's. If you ever, if anyone goes to Union Square, Trader Joe's, and you see me, say hey, girl, because <laughs> I love me some Trader Joe's. Buy that boy a vegan yogurt. Oh or God, there is ex- a f- explain no. what a legume is to Christian yes. if you ever find him mm-hmm. and a blimp. Uh, but there is actually a really cute boy who works at the wine shop next to the tree. Because you know how Trader Joe's has like the the grocery store, and then next door they yes. have the wine shop. Yes. So right there is where you're gonna get all your wine. What, it's like Trader Jones. Or Trader Jones wine. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking. It's cute, but there is the most adorable, handsome little boy. Ooh. Not a boy. He's a man. He's got a beard. Yeah, he sells wine. Ooh, That's and no he sells boy. wine. Oh god, what Trader a, Joe's. God damn it, what a majestic beast! But I, me <laughs> and Angel, for our Valentine's Day party. Yeah. We, me and Angel, got wine at Trader Joe's, and I went to the register, and this really, really cute guy who was like, he was tall, he was like, he was like thin, and had like a really thick beard and mm-hmm. icy blue eyes Ooh. and like dark hair, <laughs> and I was just like, oh god damn, take me away! But he would just like, he was just looking at me. He wasn't like trying to make conversation or anything. But Angel was like, when we left, he was like, he was so checking you out. And I was like, well, he should have said something to me. 
don't just fucking look at me say hello yeah it's your job customer service yeah service this customer you'd prefer to be harassed maybe not harassed (laughs) but don't just eye me like a piece of meat while i'm walking down the street tell me i look good baby and ask for my number yeah (laughs) (laughs) i wish but i literally and actually don't do that i'm I'm not no but i but then i was thirsty as fuck and then i went by myself to go get like groceries like what what kind of thirsty um (laughs) like i just saw an oasis after walking in the desert for three weeks and i started to sprint but i can't sprint because my legs are deteriorating okay but you're not using the word thirsty as a metaphor for like wanting this wine boy oh no 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 like that's how thirsty i was when i was like i saw him in the window okay like i was walking in the desert for three weeks and i finally saw an oasis and i started sprinting Ah, and he was the oasis and he was my oasis and i was like oh bathe me in your liquids Ah! and so (laughs) and literally i went in I know I have to stop saying literally. I went in because obviously I went in, not literally, but I went into the store. Metaphorically. <laughs> Metaphorically. And um, he was at the register and I was like, okay, I'm going to get this wine. I'm going to get some Chardonnay to make it look like I'm fancy and shit. Mm-hmm. And then I turn around to go back to the register and I go up to the register and he wasn't there anymore. It was a, a shorter, more voluminous, uh, balding lady. And I was like, this is not what I came inside for. And I was like, where is my man? And then I looked around to see if he was around and he was just gone. Maybe it was a true oasis in the sense that he he was a mirage. mirage. He was a fucking. Oh, my God. That's a great poem. He was a fucking mirage. (laughs) God damn it. I was so angry. I want ghostwriter credit for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give it to you. I'll (laughs) give it to you. But yeah, but no, then I went home and I was so angry and I was like, well. I guess I'm about to go buy wine again. I guess I got all this wine for the right reason. To drink it and get fucked up to cry about my feelings. <laughs> Is that what happened that night? I thought we just read tarot. We did. Yeah, we did read tarot. And then we like played Shout Rageous. And then we ate cookies and wine and food. It was a good night. It was a fun night. It was good. But on that note, we're gonna go. Um, if you've been inside before, cue the music. Oh my god! Cue well, the not, music. Right? Not not yet. You gotta say bye. Well, actually, okay. before we say bye, I usually like to say, um, follow us on all social media. The campaign is a underscore z campaign. Mine is Christian Luca underscore, and well, there's gonna be new, a new website coming very very soon. So from I'll be leading you there to go to find all resources. Um, but where can they find stuff about your band, girl? Because they bring it up every time. Sure. Um, so my I'm Caitlin Pelkey, and uh, my band is called Nosy Mangabe, spelled N-O-S-Y space M-A-N-G-A-B-E. You can find us on Facebook. Um, to find our recorded music on Bandcamp, go to N-O-S-Y-M-A-N-G-A-B-E dot Bandcamp dot com. Uh, we're also on YouTube. And uh, we're going on a pretty exciting tour soon you are. Uh, to Europe. So you can you can follow our adventures online there. Do it. It's, it's very exciting. And it's very cool. So, yeah, we're going to go and uh, I'm going to go grocery shopping. I got to do some homework. And then tonight we going out. Hey. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, if you want to come too. Yeah. Um, we're going to go part time with the homosexuals specifically. More cheers. Woo! Okay, we're gonna go. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Cue the music. And scene. If you've been 
inside before you know the closet has a door. And you don't need to RSV.